Okay, so uh, it's Annie Duke again with with Kuhn um, Smats, and it was such a good conversation, and it went so fast that we decided to do a part two. So here yeah. we are for part two. Yeah. So it it feels like you know, I mean, I'm always interested. I'm interested in your thoughts on this. Like w when we think about cognitive bias, like omission commission bias, or naturalness bias, or base rate neglect, we think about things that are truly just in the cognitive error. Mm -hmm. um, category, but it feels like there's an emotional component to this. And I, I'd love to kind of get your thoughts on that and how you think about that in relation to some of these biases. Yeah. I, I well, I mean, you really hit the, the, the sweet spot there. I'm for the last six months or so, I've really been focusing on trying to understand to what extent emotions are behind maybe even everything we do and uh, we i mean yeah. it's obvious that emotions play a role in decision making because ultimately we decide between what is best and best has to do with emotions you cannot right. decide what is best for you unless you feel better about it or, or worse about something else so but i think this it, it is to do with emotions it's it's to do with what we feel is the right thing and I, I listened to a, a You Are Not So Smart podcast a few weeks ago with Robert Burton on, uh, on his book Uncertainty, again, which is like more than 10 years old. And his argument, he's a neurologist uh, or a neuroscientist, his argument is that when certainty is not something we develop, it's something that is within us. It's, it's so deep, we don't prove we're certain, we know we're certain, and then we go post-rationalize it. Right. And I think what, when, when you take that perspective, suddenly a lot of weird decision-making becomes totally understandable. Because if you map this on, I'm certain that it is unnatural, then we will just, that will be that, that just immutable. And so if, if that is our, our reason for rejecting a vaccine, then that's what, just what we're going to be doing. It reminds me of this this uh, XKCD cartoon, I think, um, with this person sitting out at the desk and there's a voice coming from the bedroom, are you coming to bed? And this person says, no, no, I can't. Somebody's wrong on the internet. Right. And, and this this sense of wrongness and rightness, I think, sits very deep and it, it kind of shapes if not distorts a lot of our thinking and so it is and i think a lot of the emotions that we see in decision making about the the need to belong the need to be seen not to stand out the need to conform um the the the, the inclination to respond to what is salient i think all taps straight into this sort of deep gut emotion um and that i think makes it very much a big challenge how can you yeah. change people's minds if you can't change that that a uh, profound emotion that's all behind everything we do yeah i mean i you know i've been th i've been thinking a lot sort of in the internal and external validity and cognitive dissonance kind of space recently and just internal validity is mm -hmm. i want to be seen as a consistent person external validity is i want to be seen externally as yeah. having reasons for what i do and obviously that all plays into cognitive dissonance mm -hmm. where we're trying to square our past actions or beliefs with the present. And, yes. um, you know, I think that there's, I think there's just a lot of emotion about sort of trying to fend off this idea, like that we're wrong, that it says something so deep about who we are as people, mm -hmm. um, that we, we're, we're trying always to stave that off. And, you know, I think about like, for example, in America, the ability of people, and I think it's emotionally driven to hold 
the two thoughts at the same time, which is Trump doesn't get enough credit for having sped up the development of this life-saving vaccine with, I'm not going to take the vaccine mm -hmm. because it will kill me. Yep. Um, and you know, you're, you're able to split those apart so easily because they're satisfying different, mm -hmm. I feel like they're satisfying different emotional needs. So one of the things that I've actually loved is some of the things that have then sort of taken this idea that we are irrational and that we do get driven by emotion, right? That that can take mm -hmm. over. Mm -hmm. And that we do have some of these issues with like probability neglect and things like this and turned it on its head to get people to take the vaccine. Like, for example, there was a lottery that was one in, run in the state of Ohio here mm -hmm. yeah. where if you if you got vaccinated, you got a, five people were going to win a million dollars and you got entered into a lottery. And I think that I calculated that that ended up being about 80 cents a person that they were paying each person. Mm -hmm. um, but obviously, people don't do those calculations. There was another one that was great where. There was, um, a, a, I think it was like a nursing home facility and they needed to get a thousand people vaccinated, but, and no, everybody was, excuse me, everybody was going to get a thousand dollars for getting vaccinated, but only mm -hmm. if seventy percent of the people got yes. vaccinated. Yeah, yeah, that's in, in Florida. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and I like those, I like that idea of let's not try to convince people to be rational, right? Because I think that you can't. Yep. Let's try to think about what are the ways that we can stack mm -hmm. these irrationalities on top of each other, that we can use the emotion that is, you know, gets behind decision making in order to actually get us to the right place. I, I agree. And I think that probably applies to decision making much more widely. Let's not mm -hmm. um, ignore emotion. Let's play with it and and not sort of force people into rational thinking. Let's let's embrace the emotions because that's ultimately what drives it. Well, awesome. Okay, that was part two, everybody. We'll be back.